Good evening, good evening on this awesome Sunday night. The first Sunday night in March 2021. Trust you had a phenomenal Sunday. And oh my word, where the services was this morning and even the broadcast, people were so blessed. Even salvations at LWPC. And every service was back to the capacity of what the COVID regulation allow us. Now we're excited tonight to share the word because this morning we laid a foundation. And tonight and right now this time we also have another service at France Hook where they're going to preach forth the same word that people was, will be fruitful and working with God. And don't forget about tomorrow, all the keys of faith. And tomorrow night, the prayer time with Pastor Emila. But let's get in the word tonight. And I'm just going to recap of what we said this morning. And then we'll build further on that for a few minutes. Because this is so important. I've put something in writing one time. I said, God's will birth presence. Presence birth kingdom purpose. And kingdom purpose birth God's plan. And God's plan birth productivity, fruitfulness. Now, God never created us to be barren, not active, or just waste time. We cannot just cruise through life and be oxygen thieves and just wait one day to die. And when we die, when we look back, what did we do with our lives while we were still on the face of the earth? Now, there's a phenomenal story, and we begin at the beginning. What we were reading this morning in Genesis chapter 1. Oh, my word, that was so powerful. And we discover God's original intent, God's plan, and God's purpose for our lives. God never created anything without a purpose. God is a God of purpose, of direction, of a plan. There's an end result of what God has planned for us as human beings. Now, most people think they just saved and on the face of the earth to go to heaven one day. No, you're here to make a difference. God believe in you. He trusts that you can do it. That's why you were created in the likeness and the image of God. Now, Genesis 1, 26 tells us the phenomenal story. God created everything, start with light and the day and night and everything, the grass and the animals. And then on the last day, he created mankind, the day before rest. And Genesis 1, 26 tells us the powerful thing. God said, let us. Now, I said this morning, God is not a loner. He's a team person or a team being, a team God. He said, let us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit make mankind in our own image. After our likeness and let them have complete. Now, the word is there in the Bible, complete authority over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over all the earth and over everything that creeps upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, in the image and likeness of God. 
He created male and female, and he created them. Then verse 28, and God blessed them. Oh, my word. That word means God blessed them for his love for us. He blessed them to be what? Productive. And said to them, be fruitful. Oh, my word. That's a powerful word. Word. Multiply. Fall the earth and subdue it using all its vast resources in the service of God and man and have dominion. There's the word again over the fish of the sea, the birds and every creature that moves upon the earth. And God said, see, I have given you, I have given you past tense, every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the land and every tree with seed in its fruit and you shall have them for food. And then it goes on and God saw everything, verse 31, that he had made and behold, it was very good. Say, when God looks at me, he sees something very good, suitable, pleasant. And he approved it completely, says the Amplified. And there was evening and there was morning a sixth day. Now, this is phenomenal when you read scripture and understand God's plan, God's will, God's idea, and God's key to unlock the greatness that's inside of you. Oh, my word. <laughs> you were not just somebody that was an accident happening on the face. No, you were designed by God. Scripture says he numbered the days of your life. And he even counted your hair. Now, for the bold guys, God doesn't need to count no hair. <laughs> but he knows everything about us. Now, this is phenomenal because you need to understand. And we said it, scripture explains scripture. This whole scripture has been given in by God so that we can have a direction. We have a roadmap. The psalmist cries out, he said, oh, I am just a pilgrim on the face of the earth. How I need a roadmap for my life. Your word is my chart and my direction. <laughs> Say it, God's word is my chart and my direction. It's my roadmap. It's the, the, the direction I need to go because everything that God does was completely and in divine order. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 19 helps us to understand more. It says, you do not belong to yourself. The Amplified says, you are not your own. You are not your own property. Oh, my word. And the other translation says, you are no longer, listen, no longer, no longer your own. And this is powerful when Paul comes and he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 9, he says, for we are, oh my word, what are we? We are co-laborers with God. We are working with God and for God. Now, this is very important because in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 17, 20 says my word, and this is what happens the moment 
when you gave your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ, something so super powerful happens because that's the reason you don't belong to yourself. You're no longer your own property. You cannot only operate in your own strong human nature, flesh, will. There's an authority higher than your authority. And the one that created you, predestined you, planned you. Ephesians says that. And that's what Paul was telling the Christians in the church of Ephesus. He says, my word, you are God's workmanship. Say, I am God's own workmanship. Listen what he says. You were designed for something, created for something. And because you were created for this divine plan that God has, he chose you, he picked you out, you handpicked, he predestined you, he planned you. <laughs> that cancels all the arguments of the devil that say, oh, you're no good, you're often, you are a has-been. Nothing is going to come out of you. You're born on the wrong side of the railway track and you come out of the wrong family. It's got nothing to do with this because when Paul says, for we are God's, own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated, and I'll get down to 2 Corinthians 5, 17, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew. Remember what I'm reading now? To do what? Just to make heaven. <laughs> Just to say, oh, I, I carry the, the tag, I'm a Christian. I, <laughs> no, 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 I, I'm brand. No, no, that's not what you were. Only he says that we may do those good works which God predestined. It already planned ahead of time. Beforehand for us. Beforehand for who? For us taking paths which he prepared ahead of time that we should walk in them, living the good life, the great life, the phenomenal life, says the Bible. He says the good life which he prearranged, prearranged and made ready for us to live. So this is a phenomenal thing to let you understand how valuable you are for God and for God's plan on the face of the earth. In 2 Corinthians, Paul actually also explained this experience. Why you cannot say, I belong to myself. I'll do it my way. I'll do it as I want to do it. Uh, he said, she said, they said, and that's No, no, no. I need to find out what does God say because he's the all supreme one. Now, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Remember what we were just reading in Ephesians chapter 2. He says, therefore, if any person is, <laughs> is, listen, engrafted in Christ, the Messiah, he is, <laughs> not will be, not maybe, <laughs> not should be. He is, listen, present tense, a new creation, a new creature altogether. Oh my word, I like that. The old, the previous, 
moral and spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, the fresh and the new has come. What came? The fresh and the new has come. So the old nature, the old way of doing things is over. There's a new and a fresh one. The prearranged, predestined plan that God has for you. <laughs> I've said it seven billion times and that helped me to understand a lot of things. God shows you above heavenly beings and above angels. Now we always try to figure and argue and reason and debate <laughs> all these things out while it's very plain and simple. This is God said, I saved you. You became a new creature and there's a purpose to that. There's a plan. That's the reason you are a new creature. He says, Behold, the fresh and new has come, but all things are from God, who through Jesus Christ reconciled us to himself, received us into favor, brought us into harmony with himself, and he gave to us. Now, you were saved, he made you to give you <laughs> so that you can be. Remember those three things. He saved you. <laughs> so that's why he made you a new creature. Then he gave you. What did he give you? And he gave to us the ministry. Say, I have a ministry. You see, ministry in our coconuts up here <laughs> or in the mindset is a pulpit, a, a golden business card, the TV cameras and lights and popular and famous and have a lot of titles. That's not God's idea. In the kingdom of God, there's no big guns and small guns. <laughs> we all equal. We just make different sounds. He says, and gave to us the ministry of reconciliation that by word and deed, we might, we might aim to bring others this is why you have it into harmony with him <laughs> he said it was God's personally present in Christ reconciling and restoring the world to favor with himself not counting up and holding against men their trespasses but canceling them and committing to us the message, committing to us the message, the message of what? Of that ministry he gave you the moment when you gave your heart to the Lord, the ministry of reconciliation, of the restoration to favor. So we are present tense. <laughs> it's not going to happen one day there. This is a full package deal in three dimensions. You became a new creature. He gave you the greatest ministry on the face of the earth. My word. It's the only ministry that makes angels rejoice and that the Bible calls you a wise person. He who wins souls. He who operate in the ministry of reconciliation is a wise man. So if I don't do it, what am I? <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> 
That's the opposite of wise. He says, my word, and then he made us. He said, so we are Christ ambassadors. We are amplified God making his appeal as it were through us. We as Christ personal representatives. Oh, my word. Paul says, I beg you for his sake to lay hold of the divine favor now offered you and be reconciled to God. And then in chapter 6, now we know the Bible was not written in chapters and verses, and he was still speaking, and he says, laboring together, you see a team, as God's fellow workers, with him then, we beg of you not to receive the grace of God in vain, that merciful kindness by which God exerts his holy influence on souls and turn them to Christ, keeping and strengthening them. My word, what a powerful connection of Genesis chapter 1. Now, the moment when you understand you became a new creature, he gave you this greatest ministry. That's why you need to be fruitful. That's what fruitfulness means. And then multiplication comes out of that so that you can live out, take it through the whole earth. That's the message, you see, so that we can change the history of nations. Oh, your calling is much greater than what you think right now. You think you're just a clerk, a pin pusher, a cashier, receive money, a motor mechanic, or a president of a nation, or a minister of a nation. No, it's just, that's your part-time function. Your full-time function is to live out as a new creature, the greatest ministry of reconciliation, to be Christ personal (laughs) representatives, his ambassadors. This is so powerful. That's phenomenal what the scripture explained to us because that's why you no longer belong to yourself. And Paul, when he said this, because in verse 6 says, laboring together as God's fellow workers, then we understand when Paul addressed the Christians and he tells them, he says, you are no longer your own possession. You have shift your lordship where it means ruler. And I'll explain that in a minute. So what happens? The work with God, we need to understand that's the what. What of our lives? Why? What? What's the reason? How many of us ask that question? And you never ask it when there's money and the chocolates flow, and the red carpet, and flowers, and everybody celebrates you. It normally happens when you're in that storm, when you feel lonely, when it's difficult, when depression knocks on the door, and when the enemy wants to, my word, (laughs) strangle fruitfulness out of your life. 
He wants you sad and depressed and oppressed and negative. But listen to this. <laughs> the work of God that we need to work with him in his possession means tonight the what. What is the reason that I am alive in this very moment? The purpose of or why are we here? Now, Proverbs chapter 19, verse 21, the good news translation says, people may plan all kinds of things, but the Lord's will, the what? The Lord's will is giving, listen, to be done. The Lord's will has been given to be done. The one other translation says, it's the Lord's purpose. It's bigger than plans. <laughs> what man tried to make. The Lord's purpose will prevail. The prophet Isaiah came and he says, God's people become prisoners because of a lack of knowledge. Hosiah the prophet for six, my people <laughs> are destroyed, are going in captivity for a lack of knowledge. It didn't say because of the devil. <laughs> it says because of a lack of knowledge, God's people, listen, go astray. Now we need to keep the knowledge, know what the word is saying, the life's manual is saying, you must always know, why are you here? What's the reason? <laughs> You're not an accident. You're not <laughs> unplanned. God planned you, designed you. And the word purpose means the reason which something is done or created or for which something exists. Another word for purpose is the intent, the cause or the aim, or the plan, or the design, God's original plan. That's what the word purpose means. Now, the purpose we hear, God created us, and I said this morning, God was looking for a family. <laughs> That's why Adam and Eve, and then they mess up. He sent his son. He was looking for a bride. That's why we call the bride of Christ, the church. And then Jesus went and John 16, he said, the Holy Spirit must come. And the Holy Spirit was looking for a temple. So you qualify when you're in Christ. You're God's family. We are the family of God, the household of God. We belong. We call him father. <laughs> we are the bride of Christ. Christ, the head of the church. We the body. And the Holy Spirit my word, when he comes and he indwells you, you become his dwelling place, the place of habitation. <laughs> That's why it's called, you no longer belong to yourself. Don't you know that your body is the temple, you're the building of God, the household of God, and you're no longer your own. So if I am, <laughs> God is my father, I am the bride of Christ, listen, and we are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Who's leading we're going to follow? Whose input we're going to do? Whose will are we going to execute? We can only do the will and the plan of God.
because we were designed for a godly purpose. Now, in Genesis 1:28, the instruction when God created mankind and he gave them this phenomenal thing, he said, and God blessed them, bless them, bless them, bless them, not curse them, bless them. God bless them and said to them, now the word of God is forever settled in heaven. God is not a man that he should lie. So, and God bless them. Be fruitful. Oh, my word. <laughs> Multiply. Fill the earth. Subdue it. Using all its vast resources in the service of God and man. And then God gave them seed. Now, this is a thing that we need to ponder on, think on, meditate on, believe it, act upon so that we can have the results of the word. He says, be fruitful, multiply the original plan, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion upon the earth and use the seed as vast resources, my word, for God and man. Now the word fruitful means to produce fruit, to become fruitful, to make you productive and also to become productive so that we can be beneficial, <laughs> producing good results and to be profitable. Fruitful is a verb. Say, I am a verb. It's a force. Say, I am a force. It's an action. Say, I am in action. That's what it means to be fruitful. You plant the seed. The seed had a force. It breaks through concrete. <laughs> it's a verb. It's in action. <laughs> There's work done. Come on, somebody. <laughs> it's a force pushing through any obstacle and any barrier. Now, in Genesis chapter 3, the story suddenly changed. Now, to understand an enemy adversary you need to study him and this is what happened here in Genesis chapter 3 suddenly the serpent <laughs> is on the scene he's got one plan and one purpose and still today I said maybe last week he were not created in the likeness and the image of God so he hates you because after God he was cast out of heaven with a third of the angels and suddenly here in the form of Adam and Eve, he saw the image, the likeness, the character of God in the garden. And the snake always wants to come in the garden. My word, to do what? He's called the father of lies. He's a deceiver. Oh, my word. And he's always out there to separate you from God's original plan. Hear the word. He's always there to separate you from God's original plan. Now, I said, study an adversary. James chapter 4, 7. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will do what? He will flee from you. <laughs> you must know that there's an enemy out there. 
He's, uh, Paul says that the, the rulers of darkness and the, he said, <clears throat> we wrestle not against flesh and blood, Ephesians chapter 6, but against powers, against the rulers of the darkness, against spiritual wickedness in high places, verse 12. So our real enemy is the devil. Say it's the devil. <laughs> now, I, I, I saw a lady just looked at her husband and she said, my real enemy is the devil. And she, no, no. Or her husband looked at her wife. No, no. Or somebody, no, no, it's, it's not. <laughs> we, we don't war against flesh and blood. We war against Satan, Lucifer. And that's why when Peter addressed us in 1 Peter chapter 5, 8, he says, be sober. Alert, sober-minded, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, who your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, he is not a lion, he's an imitator, he walks around as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Now, I want to help you with this, that's why to expose the enemy because what you must know about the devil, Satan is an ex-employee of heaven. He's a fallen angel <laughs> because in Revelation 12, 9 and in Luke 10, 18, there Jesus said, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. <laughs> I like the Afrikaans. And I get Satan to the bloxam. I didn't Listen what Jesus said, what Satan is. I didn't say it. He said it. Oh, my word. The Bible says, and the great dragon was cast out. That old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. Who did the whole world? He was cast out into the earth and his angels were cast out with him. Revelation chapter 12, verse 9. Now, one thing that you must know about the devil, his time is limited. He's limited. So his efforts are intensified because he know his time is limited. You wonder why is it that you're going under such severe things? Satan is afraid that you will discover the truth of the word about yourself and God's plan. The bigger picture, what God sees about you. That's why he tries to intensify. He says, Revelation 12, 12, For the devil has come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. <laughs> oh, my word. And you must also know, Satan to tempt you. <laughs> He's limited. He's not all powerful. <laughs> God is faithful. Listen, that's why 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 13 says, God is faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. In other words, you don't need to sit with the nonsense of the devil. There's a way out of that. You have the authority. Say, I am active. I am fruitful. I am a verb. <laughs> I'm in motion. I'm a force. And Satan, 
<laughs> cannot do what he wants to, only what you allow him. Oh, my word. That's why Satan despises God. I said you must study your adversary. And he hates anything that <laughs> receives God's affection. That's me and you. That's why he's so you're under attack. <laughs> he, he, he's quite aware. Satan is quite aware of God's unusual care and protection of you. Come on. That's why scripture says you have overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of the testimony. Now, Satan reacts with unbridled resentment towards us. <laughs> His reaction of your blessing, of your, that God bless you and that God wants you to multiply and that you must work with God. He, he will do anything, oh my word, to come against you and hinder that action of yours to be in kingdom alignment so that his kingdom can come. <laughs> now, in the story of Job, it was an exact example what you can read. Now, now that's why he's manipulating, he's cunning, but we are not ignorant of the devices of the enemy. And Jesus called him, he said he was a murderer from the beginning and there's no truth in him. Everything, every word, every thought, he works with the speed of a thought that comes up in your mind, listen, is that contradicts the word of God, is a lie that Satan tries to ensnare you. And he's a liar, listen, and the father of all lies, John chapter 844. Now, now let me get this and we get back in to Genesis chapter 3. I just want to show you. <laughs> but he's defeated. He's defeated. Satan opposes you. I'm answering questions tonight that people ask. Because he knows you are a potential source. Listen. Of pleasure to God. Oh my word. Revelation chapter 4, 11. That's a song we sang many years ago. For thou art worthy, O God, for thou hast created all things, and all things has been created for thy pleasure, for God's pleasure. So we know you are a source that brings God pleasure. And he hates that. He doesn't want, because God is his greatest enemy. He wants to hurt God if you are barren, unproductive, and not bringing pleasure to God. If you hold back and you're stingy and you operate in hate and unforgiveness and in bitterness and uh, you gossip and you judge and all those things, the kingdom lifestyle that Jesus warns us again in Matthew chapter 5 and 6 and 7. So Satan's strategy <laughs> is to let you step on that booby trap. He wants you to go and sleep angry and confused because he know what pleasure you create when you start believing God and act upon the word. Hebrews chapter 11, 6, because you do it by faith and it's by faith that we please God. Hebrews eleven six 6 says, without faith, 
<laughs> without believing that God is true to his word, without believing that God is and that he exists, it's impossible to please God. <laughs> because faith is God said it, I believe it, and I do it. God said it, I believe it, and I do it. Oh, my word. Because that's why Satan opposed you. And the main reason of the purpose of your warfare is to bring pain to God's heart, (laughs) to insult him, because to frustrate God's purpose in your life. That's why Jesus told Peter, he said, Simon, Simon, Satan hath desired to have you. It's in the Bible. That he may sift you as wheat. That he must get you unfruitful, unproductive, not living out to be a disciple of Jesus. He said, it's Jesus speaking, but I have prayed for thee. Oh, listen, what did Jesus pray? That thy faith, the very thing that excites God and honor God, fail not. He said, and when thou art converted, strengthen thy brother, brethren. <laughs> Peter, when you come back to alignment, when you come back to the original intent, when you come back to be fruitful and to be productive and come out of that, <laughs> I'll go fishing again and I don't know. When you come out of that, oh my word. He says, strengthen thy brethren because Satan wants you to grieve God by doubting God's integrity. That's why scripture says God is not a man. Now let me help you. What he prevents the arrival. Satan wants to prevent the arrival of any miracle. Listen. That would bring glory to God. He wants to hinder you to be that great man and woman of God. To impact the world. To be a world changer. A history maker. A planet shaker. I can tell you stories upon stories. How Satan tried that in our personal lives. I was poisoned. (laughs) I was. uh, There was a hit on my hitless. I was on the hitless a few times. I was nearly assassinated. They put guns in front of my head and a pistol. I I told the story and it's well known. Come on, somebody. They cut the brake pipes, turned the wheel nuts loose, the driving shaft, put sugar in the petrol tank. That's our story. Now, now people will say, if you want to share in the glory where we are now, you first need to know our story. We had to pay high prices, high prices to come where we are by the grace of God and by his goodness and his love. Now let me get to this and then we jump back at the original plan when it first started with mankind. Satan's aim is for every Christian, every believer, is to paralyze your planning, abort your dreams, God's dream for your life and to destroy your hope in God. He wants to paralyze your planning. That's why he'll oppose you 
with financial issues and it makes people stingy and they hold on and money becomes a god and they're not honoring God to get their storehouses filled with plenty. They get stuck. Oh my word, and I've seen that over and over. And it's like the letter I was sharing on, I think Friday morning, that somebody said, I, we prayed and we had people prayed and God suddenly blessed us with so much, hundreds and hundreds of thousands. And now why are we now back in a thing after the money is gone? And they said, we went to our minister and asked him. And he explained to us, it's all about that you honor God with your first fruits. And so that your, your barns can be filled with plenty and your vats can overflow. Because Satan wants you to live in an insecurity and to be focused on the evil trinity, I, me, and myself, while you were created in the great trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, according to Genesis 1.26. Now here God approved it completely after he created mankind. Now everything I shared now by studying your adversary, your enemy, that's what generals does when they're in war. They, they study. That's what you do with your opponent, boxers and karate people. <laughs> and whatever, they study their opponent, the weakness and the strength. And here comes Genesis chapter 3. The first time that Satan appears and got, mankind got an encounter with the forces of darkness, and this is in the form of a snake, and it's the devil using it. And uh, now the serpent was more subtle and crafty than any other living creature of the field, which the Lord God has made. And he, Satan, said to the woman, can it be really that God has said? See, he comes with, he twists the truth. Now, every place where you were reading, you will read even verse 22, and I explained that a few weeks ago. The word is used, Lord God. I will explain you what the word Lord means in God. And uh, so every time, so here the serpent comes. He doesn't say Lord <laughs> because he acknowledged God as God. But he will not acknowledge him now as Lord because he's afraid. He said, and, he's, and Satan said to the woman, can it really be? Brings doubt. That God had said, has said, you shall not eat from every tree of the garden. Now that's not what God said. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit from the trees of the garden, except the fruit from the tree, which is in the middle of the garden. And then she leave, she left out the word Lord, and she's in the booby trap. <laughs> she's in the quicksand. God has said, it's in your Bible, you shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Verse 4, but the serpent said to the woman, you shall not surely die. Oh my word, what did he use? Propaganda, influence. He brought her to the place of option. God will always tell you, this is the way that you must go. But he leave it up to us to make the choice. That's phenomenal because it's not a controlling thing. 
It's a submissive, I submit myself to the will of God. God is by power to take us by the collar and the neck and say, you will do it. But he doesn't do it. Because David said, I will not bring to God a, a sacrifice that co- that's just a lousy one. I will not bring to him something if it doesn't cost me a price. He had to bring his will in alignment with the will of God. And he said, for God knows, that's the serpent. He said, for God knows that in the day you eat of you, your eyes will be open and you will be like God. Knowing the difference between good and evil and blessing and calamity. And when the woman saw, suddenly her eye gates open. She opened now her ear gate. Faith comes by hearing. <laughs> Influence, fear, doubt, unbelief. Oh my word, um, deception comes by hearing. They describe it as the truth. And when the woman saw that the tree was good, suitable and pleasant for food, and it was delightful to look at, and a tree to be desired in order to make one wise, she took off its fruit and ate, and she gave some also to her husband, and he ate. Power of influence. You brought your children up and you have certain regulations and things and they go and visit the neighbor's children and there they can just do what they want and then your son or your daughter came back and they tried to operate like the neighbor's child and uh, try to take advantage and chances and what do you say? Not here! (laughs) Because you have a rule. That's the power of influence. You know this is not the character of your child to backchat you, to curse, to swear, to oppose you. (laughs) Because they were all the time submissive until they visit the neighbor. (laughs) Come on, somebody. Where children just do what they want to do. And that's the power of influence. Hitler took over Germany and the world by the power of influence. (laughs) Politicians use influence satan use influence but god's got the holy spirit that will not influence us but guide us bring truth to us so that we can operate in that truth now (laughs) let me pick up here our time is running out now listen satan's plan from the beginning is for us as it was for adam and eve not to work with God because God said subdue it and fill the earth. That means work with God, God's plan. And now Satan came and through the power of influence, he wants to succeed because he know then they cannot be fruitful. They cannot multiply as God wants them to multiply. They're going to go in another dimension, in a lower level. Because here they were in God's presence. Now suddenly they discover they're naked. And when God asks, and I've said it, the first question God asks on the face of the earth, where are you? The question God asks us all the time, where are you? (laughs) Where are you right now? Well, I'm in my home. Okay, but where are you standing with God? Are you working with God and for God? Or are you doing it? through influence, your own way. Everything that we were taught in the church world were not always correct. 
We had traditions, oh my word, of no makeup and and men cut a certain hairstyle and you don't wear colorful shirts and oh my word, it was the most unholiest thing to preach without a tie and a suit and you're not allowed to take your jacket off and oh, I had a beard <laughs> because, you know, I came a bit out of the Blue Rockies and <laughs> the members and uh, we thought that's where the holiness was. No, we had all the outer trimmings, but we were bitter and inside and not so spiritual, <laughs> and we still do it our way. <laughs> that's why those things doesn't mean anything. <laughs> My word, let me get out of that. Because so that there will be no fruitfulness present in our lives. Adam and Eve had an instruction from the maker of his product. God the creator, he made the product, Adam and Eve. Genesis 1, 28. And they had to work with and for God <laughs> to fill the earth, subdue it, and use seed. You see, that's the areas where the enemy will attack you in. And he succeed, I said, as the father of lies to shift rank, to shift importance and the meaning of Lord God to only God. Now, there's a scripture in the Bible. That's so powerful. His plan is to separate yourself. Proverbs chapter 18. He who separates himself willfully. Oh my word. Is looking for his own desires. Did you just hear what I said? That scripture mean. If I'm not working with God and for God. And I can be religious and carry a title and be a preacher and be whatever. If I separate myself, it's normally through offense, your needs are not met, you're angry, disappointed, you wonder where's God, and you look at two people as your source. When that happens, you want to separate yourself. You become an opportunist. And, and I had people that say, oh, we're never going to do anything here. And they were meaning you know, get high up in rank. Now, we're not in the rank business. I'm just the servant of the Lord. Jesus was known as the king with the greatest towel, washing feet. <laughs> he said, if you want to be great, become a servant. Now, I know what they meant. And then they separate themselves. And then the Bible says they become a fool. And then they become evil. Now, that's in Proverbs chapter 18, Verse 1, 2, and 3. That's the strategy of Satan. That's what he used by not saying Lord God. Now, the word Lord means Adonai. It means one who has authority, a master, a ruler, preeminence to him, service, <clears throat> and obedience are due. A covenant in the New Testament, he's the covenant Lord. <laughs> he's our Lord. He's our covenant God. It's paid by blood. He's our authority. He's our master. 
He's a ruler. His preeminence to whom service and obedience are due. The word God means Elohim, the almighty one, <laughs> the powerful one. And uh, the God who is more than enough, the, there's none like him. None can this be described. <laughs> he speaks and it's like thunder. He commands and it happens. That's God. Listen, now when we say Lord God, so Satan and then Eve, they acknowledge he's the mighty one and the powerful one. But they deviate from, and that's what Lucifer did when he was the morning star. He deviated from making him Lord through pride and I will, and I will, and I will. When I hear I, ooh, I want to jump through the wall. And then Adam and Eve had an instruction. It was to work for and with God. And the results would be fruitful dominion. Fill the earth and subdue it and use the seed. Become sowers. And Jesus made a statement because that's the plot of the enemy. He said in Matthew chapter 12, 30, New Living Translation, Anyone who isn't with me opposes me. Did you just hear that? Anyone who isn't with me opposes me. And anyone who isn't working with me, that's in the Bible, is actually working against me. Wow. So there's only one of two things. I, I either gathered or I scatter. I am with him or I am against him. I'm working with him or against him. What are you working with? What are you doing? That's a very important question. Jesus said that in his own words in the King James. And I was leaving for, <laughs> reading from the New Living Translation. He says, anyone who's not gathering with me, scatter. That's how splits happened and deception come. And my word, all these false teachings, the doctrines of devils comes. It's because not working with God. Now, people say, I work for God. I'm the minister. I pray. I sing. I, I preach. That doesn't qualify. And I'm working with God, with God's dream, his ultimate purpose and plan. Now, a postman arrive in Asia in the seven cities. In the book of Revelation, after John had that, and the Lord said, right now, John was, was the writer Jesus was the instruction giver, and that was the letter of Jesus to the seven churches. And the first letter, the first letter, when the postman arrived in Ephesus to the church there, the local church, he said to the angel, the messenger, the pastor, the leader, <coughs> the apostle, prophet, teacher, teacher, what from that church to the assembly of the assembly, the church in Ephesus, right? These are the words of him who holds the seven stars, which are the messengers, the preachers of the seven churches. In his right hand, 
who goes about among the seven golden lampstands, which are the seven churches. You see, this is very powerful stuff we share now. Verse 2, I know. (laughs) God said, I know. Church of South Africa, church all over the world. Jesus said, I know. I know your industry and your activities, your work. I know what you're busy with. Your laborious toil and trouble and your patience and your endurance and how you cannot tolerate wicked men and have tested. Now that was to the church of Ephesus. And then in verse 3, I know you are enduring patiently, are bearing up for my name's sake, Jesus' sake. And you have not fainted or become exhausted or grown weary. So you work as hard as a mule. Remember the explanation of the mule. He said, but, but. Now the word but here is going to explain the next thing. He said, I know everything you do. I know all your works. Nothing, nothing about us. He knows our attitudes, our motives, He knows if we hirelings, wolves, or shepherds. He knows it. He knows uh, why I serve God. He knows everything. He says, but. Now here he's going to explain what is that but. He says, but. He, He says, but I have this one thing, one charge to make against you. Wow. He didn't say, you you did that and that. He said, I've got one thing. There's one thing against you. That you have left. You have abandoned the love that you had at first. You have deserted me, your first love. Let's just think. I have another translation here. It says, you don't love me or each other as you did at first. Wow. You did, you don't love me or each other as you did at first. Why did God send them that? Because God made it possible for us to live out God's dream. A Genesis 3 prophecy. What God spoke there to the serpent, I will send the seed of the woman that's going to crush your head. Actually, what it meant, that seed will put (coughs) the followers, the people born out of that seed in a better position than what Adam and Eve was. So Satan's strategy is to get you. They move the church in Ephesus. They move from first love people. They live out God's dream. If you read the book of Ephesians, they won the lost. They did everything. They loved each other. And they were living out what Jesus said when the attorney said, what's the greatest commandment? He said, to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your strength, all of your power, all of your things, all of your mind, and to love your neighbor as yourself. On these two laws hang all the prophets 
and the whole law. That's how God made it possible for us to live out God's dream, God's purpose, God's plan, to be fruitful, to multiply, to fill the earth, to subdue. Now seed in itself carries a multiplication. When it becomes a fruit, that fruit in that apple seed that you planted hangs now on that tree many apples, hundreds and hundreds of apples. And in that apple is hundreds or 20 or 30 seeds of the apple, multiplication. So Satan is against multiplication. People come and say, no, God doesn't like big groups. God just wants us a small group. Yeah, that's part of it. But they were also in the temple. The first message preached after the outpouring in Acts chapter 2. How many people came to the Lord? 3,000. 3,000 were added. And then daily. And then 5,000. So suddenly there was... 3,120, and then another five, then there was 8,120 people in that church because it started growing. God is, everything God does is big. It's in multiplication. God does it in the eye of, with his plan of multiplying. If you don't multiply yourself, that's where a lot of churches come to a dead end. And God is restoring the hearts of the children back to the father and the father to the children so that we can have disciples that can multiply. Jesus had three and a half years, only three and a half years, to invest so much in 12 people that could turn around the world. And we know the rest is history. Now in John chapter 15, there's a story Listen, what we ne- I'm ending with that so that we can live out the seven unchangeable eternal purposes and plan of God. The number seven stands for completion, fulfillment, perfect. Six days, heaven and earth, and the seven day God rest. There's seven days a week. <laughs> Come on, people. The number seven is in such a phenomenal, it's God's number. And that's why he gave us seven eternal purposes to live out. John chapter 15. This is the thing not to separate you. Not to say God only to become religious and to lose your first love. Love must grow. More love for God. You must be passionate. Passion takes the effort. If everything is still an effort, then there's a question about your love relationship with God you married to somebody and it's an effort, then it's not true love because then it's hard work. Passion is what took Jesus to the cross and he paid the full price. Now Jesus said something like this in verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches, us now, whoever lives in me, Jesus, and I in him bears much abundant fruit. God wants you fruity. 
I said this morning, not only leafy, not barren, not unproductive. Because the word that he spoke, what he blessed you, you already have that in you. You're already blessed with it. It must come out through revelation and through action and through doing and through operating. You can serve God and be your whole life poor. You can serve God and be your whole life sick. Why? It's not God's will. But it's the level of your revelation. It's the level of your operation. That's why faith has been given. He says, however, however, apart from me, apart from Jesus, you cut off from vital union with me. You can do nothing. That's what Satan had to do with Adam and Eve. That's what he tried to with us. To get you religious, not doing God's dream. Have your own dream, your own vision, your own desires, your own plan. Now, Matthew 6, 33, first seek the kingdom of God. Do it as God is doing. Then everything you need will add it to you. Houses, cars, land, money. If you do it God's way, and it will never become a God, an idol that you worship. Cars to me is just tools. Money is tools. <laughs> Houses, it's, it's tools. It belongs to God. It comes from God. That's why it belongs to God. He says they are cut off from vital union with me. And then you can do nothing. Powerless. You know why the church of Jesus is powerless? Because we don't abide in him and him in us. Show and prove yourself to be true followers, disciples of mine. I have loved you just as the father has loved me. Abide in my love. Continue in his love with me. If you keep my commandments, my instructions, if you continue to obey my instructions, you will abide in my love and live on in it just as I have obeyed my father's commandments and live on and in his love. I have told you these things that my joy and delight may be in you and that your joy and gladness may be of full measure and complete and overflowing. And this is my commandments, that you love one another just as I have loved you. Oh, my word. You are my friends, verse 14. If you keep on doing the things which I command you to do. God helps us tonight. You see, Satan's plan is to get you unproductive, lazy, unfruitful, full of excuses, so that he can separate you and you no longer acknowledge God as Lord God, as Jesus, as Lord Jesus but that we only come to his power and not to his rulership. You can know about him. It's not to know that you know <laughs> him personally. He wants you to know him personally. I know of the president of South Africa. I don't know him personally, but I know of him. And I can name drop his name. That doesn't mean anything. Same with God. God doesn't want you to just know of him. He wants you to know him personally. If ye abide in me and I in you, you will ask whatever you want. Because God's perfect plan is for you to be 
He blessed you to be fruitful. Fruitful. That the Father can be glorified. I've put down here, out of my very old notes of years, years, years ago, when I spoke about fruit, I said, if you do not what God has placed in your life, you will eventually do what Satan has planted in your flesh. Because what you focus on becomes your master. Whatever keeps your attention has become your master. If you are not performing your assignment, Matthew 4.19, follow me as my disciples and let me guide your life. That's in the Bible as I read it now. Follow me, follow Jesus as what? As church members, church goers, as religious sponge, as to be known as Christian. No, follow me as my disciples in the Amplified and let me guide your life. Then follow me. I will make you fishers of men. Matthew 28, his last words, he first said in verse 18, all power has been given in heaven and earth to me. Now you go and make disciples of all nations. That's God's dream. Not first the Mercedes and the Bentley and the Jaguar and the BMW and the Opal and the Honda and the five-story house and the money and no, no, no. Seek me first. Do it as I want to do it. Live out my dream. Don't create the mule like Ephesus did. That's why they come short. That's the message of the hour for the Christian world. You have stopped loving me and each other. Listen. That's very dangerous when that one thing I kept against you because God knows everything. The revival that will come cannot come until we love God to make disciples of all nations and teach them. If you are not performing your assignment, you will become adversarial to your assignment. That's Jonah was a perfect example. God said, Go to Nineveh, he's on the wrong ship to Tarsus, and we know their history. Swallowed by a fish and he had to go. That's God's A plan. God didn't change because now he decided Tarsus. He did the opposite of the command of God. Now, the eternal, everlasting, unchangeable purpose, working with God, be led by the Spirit and to be fruitful is our assignment because God asked the prophet Isaiah because God believes in you. Satan wants you to doubt, to question, try to dissect and you're busy for years trying to figure out while it's very plain and simple. Love God and love people. His ability to live out God's dream. John 3, 16 is God's dream. That's the ultimate dream. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whosoever believe in him will not perish but have everlasting life. God's dream. Jesus was sent to fulfill God's dream. He said, I came to save the lost. I came to save the purpose why he came. All these other explanations is this is the first, this is the foundation. And then God spoke to the prophet Isaiah when he saw the Lord. 
was in the days when King Osias died and everybody was in mourning. And then he said, oh, my Lord, when I saw his trains full the temple, I'm a man of unclean lips and God made provision and sent a seraphim to touch his lips. And then the Lord said, whom shall I send and whom shall go? Who will live out God's plan? And then Isaiah could say, here am I, send me. You're designed by God for God to become fruitful, to work with God and for God so that his kingdom can come as it is in heaven manifest on earth and that we will, the reign of our God will be the reign. Satan is not the God of this world. He's only the God what people allow him. That's why we need to take back its recover, restore, restore. This is a year to restore. And to love God is not difficult. It's by grace. Not how good we are. But our obedience is vital, important for what God wants to do for your advancement, your prosperity, your significant success on the face of the earth. So you cannot be in survival mode. You cannot just exist. You cannot say, I am successful because I have 10,000 followers and so many people watch my broadcast and I can pro... No, that doesn't mean anything. Whose life did you impact? Whose life can you change by the grace of God? He said, whom shall I send and whom shall go? And he's speaking to the new creatures who he gave the greatest ministry of reconciliation and to be Christ's personal representatives, ambassadors. You and I are ambassadors on the face of the earth, ambassadors of heaven. And will you tonight yield to the call? It's no longer I that liveth, but Christ that lives in and through me. If that's you tonight, from wherever you are tuned in, all over the world where people are watching and still going to watch, I want you to make this. God needs one person. One will set a thousand to flee, two ten thousand. Imagine if the Christian world can stand in unity and say from now on, we're going to live out God's dream and become fruitful to win the lost and make disciples. We can change the world by his grace for the good that it will be a world that people say God's love reign and the goodness of God. Maybe you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. You heard the words somebody tells you. I want to lead you in a prayer tonight that can transform you. Because scripture says, if you believe with the heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. And uh, I want to lead you in this prayer. And after you prayed this prayer, contact us, make contact that we can give you information and direction and help you to develop in a giant for the Lord. So say, Lord Jesus, I heard the word of the Lord. And I acknowledge I am a sinner. I come short of the glory of God. Lord Jesus, you gave your life, you shed your blood because you love me so much. And tonight, I call upon the name of the Lord. Forgive me my sin and wash me in the blood. Put my name in the book of life. From this day on, Lord, I will serve you. I will be a history maker, a planet shaker. I will tell other people 
about Jesus, about my experience. And I yield tonight. If you need somebody, here I am. Everybody, maybe you serve God so many years and you've never yielded to the call. Whom shall I send and whom shall go? And tonight you say, here am I. Lord, send me. Send me, Lord. Send me. Use me for your glory. <laughs> Flow through me to touch <laughs> my community, individuals, and the nations of the world. Because he called you for the nations. In the mighty name of Jesus, the living Christ. Because you're valuable, you're precious. God chose you above heavenly beings, above angels. When you bring your will, to his, submit to his will. Then you glorify the Father. No longer we that liveth, but Christ that lives in and through us. We love you. Thank you for tuning in. Share this word. Help it. Put it down in writing and share the same word. And tell people this is their hour of dimensions to break through, to see the miraculous of a preparation for the great harvest of souls that will become disciples on the face of the earth. Gustav the Toy from Loftal International, Western Cape, South Africa. Until tomorrow morning. And every day from Monday to Saturday with the keys of faith and Sunday we broadcast the word of the Lord. Tomorrow night the prayer time. Wednesday morning, 9 o'clock, the leadership session at Loftal Hadassah in Wapnik Street 105 in Cryfontein. Friday night all the young people. Oh my word. And we're going to see what God's going to do in a supernatural, the exceedingly, the abundantly, the above, what you ever ask or pray for. God bless you until tomorrow, and good night, and be blessed. <laughs>